what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Buckets brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and this is your Friday play-in tournament NBA best bets episode. This is also my last podcast of the week. Uh, I've done eight this week. This is my last one. Finally done. I made it. Previewed the series. I've given all the best bets. We've given all the bets. You check back in the feed. You can't possibly want more bets from us. You can't. But if you do... Check out the Action Network app. We've got roundtables up on all sorts of stuff. Uh, I've got series preview guides as well as best bets up, um, detailing a number of things. We're going to have an update in prop piece that talks about prop angles based off of like what's going on in the series and the matchups and all that. So make sure to check that out. Download the Action Network app today. Join me for this episode. First up, I got Jim Turvey. You can follow him on Twitter at TurveyBetson in the Action Network app. Also joining us, Joe Delera, props extraordinaire and triple-double parlay master. Joe Delera. <laughs> Jim Turvey, welcome to the show. Let's go ahead and go around the table. We'll give our best bets for the two games on Friday night uh, to recap what those lines are briefly on the side in total. Chicago Bulls in Miami. They are grabbing five and a half, getting five and a half points. Total is 208 and a half. <laughs> Gross. Uh, what decade uh, is this? Wolves are five and a half point favorites versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. This opened four and a half and went to five and a half, which is, I'll talk about why it's probably appropriate. Total 228 and a half there, a little bit more of a normal game there. Uh, Joe Delaro, let's start with you. What are your best bets for the Friday slate? So naturally, we have to start off with a nice alternate line. The fighting French fry is back. Rudy Gobert over 12 and a half rebounds. I love it. I would take this up to at least 16, uh, and you can get that at a pretty nice plus number. Uh, and I also like the Chicago Bulls plus five and a half. Jim Turvey, what are your best bets for Friday? I'm on the I'm on the dogs, so I'm also taking the points with the Chicago Bulls plus five and a half. Um, and then with the other underdog, the Thunder, I'm going to take the money line, and that's uh, you can get that around plus one eighty five. So those are my two best plays. Okay, uh, and a sign that absolutely there's no way that this goes badly. How could this possibly go badly? Uh, I am also taking both dogs. I'm on Chicago plus five and a half. I'm on the Thunder plus five and a half. Um, no way that this goes wrong. There's, it's just quantifiably impossible for this to go wrong here. Um, I will also take the over in Bulls Heat because I like pain. And so Jeez. I'll take that as well. We'll get all those and why. We'll start with the Minnesota pick. Um, and we'll start with the Minnesota OKC and we'll go backwards. So first off, Joe, I, I have to ask you, are you aware of Rudy Gobert's comments today at practice? Yeah, I mean, they were talking about his like his back, I know. Yes. And Chris Finch said that he was uncertain. To me, it just seems like a little bit of gamesmanship, I think, out of Chris Finch and the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, they've listed, they've, they're saying that all of Rudy Gobert, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and I forget who the other one was, but all of them are questionable or on the injury report for this winner, like winner go home type of game. And I just, I don't really buy it. I think that what I, what I do think though, is that it's going to put 
Oklahoma City Thunder in a position where they have to game plan for a lot of different things, right? So maybe that kind of impacts what like what the thought process is, and they kind of announce starting on lineup late. But I, I struggled to buy it. I don't know about you, Matt. Um, back spasms are a legit thing. He did say that he wouldn't have played in the game the other day, which I think is significant. I'm a lower about his minutes because if it does, if it's real and it acts up, he'll have to come out to get treatment. And so like yeah. that could impact the latter here with, um, the impact of, of him not being available. Like if he plays and he plays a full slate, then yeah, because like, yeah. this is why the, the whole idea of gamesmanship doesn't make a lot of sense. Like what are the thunder going to be like, Oh no, they might not play a center. So now we'll have to continue to not play a center because we literally <laughs> don't fucking have one. They don't have one. They, just they don't, don't have any. Like Thunder is just like, you can play as many centers as you want. We're still playing zero. We're not playing yeah. any because we don't have any. So unless you yeah. want to give us yours, we're not playing any center. I don't think that's going to impact. Like I wouldn't be, the teams do this all the time. Like do you want a game plan for like five out versus Gobert? I get it. Weird situation with Gobert coming back from, um, I don't want to say the punch, because there's already a, a more notable <laughs> and more dangerous one than that, but like uh, the the shoulder punch heard around the world on Kyle Anderson. Don't know how the dynamics are going to be. Don't know how to really get a feel on this. I do know, Jim, that I want the Thunder plus four and a half, um, plus five and a half now, because I'm glad I didn't grab it early, because um, OKC, part of this is, if Gobert is limited, and even if he's not, Neither one of those guys can actually punish what the Thunder, like you want post-up players and those two are not like, this is my biggest issue with Towns that Towns is not incorrect, but he's one of the best shooting big men of all time. Won't give him the title of the, but he's one of, if he had like post moves, then he could just go in here and wreck and he could drop a 35 point game and just light work. But he doesn't have that. He's more drives and he's more spot ups and he doesn't really do as much of the post-up work. So like, OKC, I think, is going to have an advantage with their the amount of dribble drive that they're going to do. Um, we'll see what kind of scheme the Wolves run, but they've been playing a lot of drop this year. They've shifted to more of that, even with Gobert out, to try and keep everybody on the same page. Like, I think they should be playing, like, aggressive at the level in pick-and-roll situations when Gobert's not on the floor, but they've actually played Towns a little bit back. You do that versus Shea Gilders-Alexander, and he is going to kill you. He is going to absolutely fillet you. And honestly, Josh Giddy will do the same with how he's playing right now. Uh, why do you like OKC plus the points in this one? Yeah, well, I like that cap a lot. I, I think a lot of it does come down to I don't see the Wolves having a very good answer on the defensive end for SGA. And that's especially holds true if Gobert is limited at all. Um, I also, watching that, that Lakers-Wolves game, Anthony Edwards... I, I was kind of surprised nothing came out after the game about him maybe having something because he did not look himself like, yeah, this is a guy who I think everyone kind of agrees is one of the dudes who you think is going to like, it's a big game. He's stepping up. He like, he's that kind of guy. And he really was not that kind of guy against the Lakers. So I, you know, there's nothing really that has come out. He did have that fall. Um, Maybe that kind of shook him a little bit. Uh, I mean, he was up for the, on the defensive end, he was, he was, you know, he was up for trying to guard LeBron. So I think he was there. It, it just didn't look like he had it. Um, so I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, if he's looking good, that will have me a little more worried, but I, I, I also think, and then this is where it's these playing this, this like final playing game is a little tricky because you're inherently seeing a team who came off a loss versus a team who came off a win. So it's really hard to not have that bias of, oh, that team just looked good. This team just looked bad. And, you know, we're all over these dogs because they just won and the other team lost. So it's, yeah. it is inherently natural to kind of skew to that side, I think. But I think that this Thunder team is just, I I, I 
I really, if it comes down to the wire, I, I trust SGA getting a bucket more than Ant, especially the Ant I saw the other night. So it, for me, that's that's why I'm on the on the Thunder side of things uh, for this evening. I agree with you on the SGA points. I think your point about the recency bias is important here, but sometimes we get situations where the seven, eight are both good teams and the nine and 10 are not. And what we have in this instance is we have Seven's pretty good, eight's pretty good, nine's pretty good, ten's pretty good. Like Thunder have been yeah, really were good tears. since the all-star yeah. break. Like they're all in the same kind of level. Um, if we look at like adjusted net rating over at uh dunks and threes.com, Minnesota is minus 0 0.2 at nine at 19th in the league. OKC is actually a plus 0 0.6 at 15th in the league. The line on this, Joe, I thought was really interesting in that this opened at so. The Thunder were five and a half point favorites versus or five and a half point dogs versus the Pelicans. They win that game close and then they open four and a half versus the Wolves. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you be less of a dog versus even with Gobert? Like, why would you be less of a dog versus Minnesota than you are versus a Pelicans team? It should be the same number or slightly more. And sure enough, the market corrected and it's now five and a half. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, it just, it should have been the same, if not more, especially given the circumstances. Like, Minnesota is, they're, they're, be they finished better and they're playing at home. So it's, a, it's definitely a tough spot, I think, for Oklahoma City here, two games on the road. Well, the, the Thunder have been, the books have not been able to keep up with the Thunder all year. It's kind of like throughout the whole season, they, they undervalued them. And it, it kind of would be this thing where every night you'd look and be like, are, are they going to adjust it? No, nope. Seems like there's a little bit of value on them. And it's again with these two games right here, I think they're just, the books are smart. They're smarter than me. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but they, the, the Thunder have been incredibly profitable this year. Most profitable team in the NBA. And it, it seems like it's, you know, another opportunity to, to hop on. in a, in a uh, plane Thunder before. is road dogs. Third best in the league. 21, 11 and one 66% against the spread this season. They've been absolutely phenomenal as road dogs. So you're right, Jim, in that like the books have been behind. Like here, here's the thing. That number is not right based off of what the market evaluated Thunder Pelicans as. But I also mm. think that the market was simply wrong on both mm. instances. I also think the yeah, market's agreed. wrong here because I have this Wolves minus three. Like, yeah. I I just do not have this anything below four. Um, I've got actually Wolves. I have it Wolves minus 2.7 is where this comes out for me in my numbers. Um, Wolves not great as a home favorite. This is not a good spot that they've been on all year. Thunder have been much better on the road. Like, there, there seems to be every reason. And once we get under, if you accept the premise, like for me, if you accept the premise that it's that, that the number should be closer to sub three, now we're in the coin flip. So now the money line starts to gain value because once we're under three points, this is a, a matter of it going either kind of way. And we're able to, to potentially cover and maybe uh, do the money line as well. Let's move over to the other game as the Chicago bulls take on the Miami heat, Jim, you like the dog here too? I do indeed. And and this is a point that you you made with the last game, and it holds true for this game as well. This is another game where if you look by net rating, the team that's on the road actually has the better net rating. And in my mind, these are two pretty even teams with anything, if anything, the Bulls having played a little bit better of late. So I there's no way I can see this getting a five and a half. This is another one where I'd have as minus three, maybe minus two and a half. This Bulls team has been playing really solid. They've got good matchup um, for like they can throw Caruso on Jimmy. They can throw Pat Bev on, on Jimmy. They really have some good answers for this team. And 
honestly, they're just playing better basketball right now. So when I saw plus five and a half, I, I was pretty, I jumped on it quick and I'm pretty surprised it held, it held steady there. Unless there's something I'm not seeing. These are two pretty even teams. It's in Miami, of course, but I, I, I don't see it going past three, three and a half in, in my cap. Joe, uh, forgive me for, if I missed this, I, I've dealt with a million best bets with about 700,000 of them from Brandon Anderson. Do you, uh, do you have a best bet on this game? Uh, I'm also in Chicago, yeah. uh, plus five and a half. I think that over the course, if you look at really since the beginning of March, Chicago has been better. Um, Chicago has a plus 2.2 net rating compared to Miami's minus 0.2. And I mean, I guess there's some, there's a little bit of something to be said about the fact that, you know, Jimmy Butler will play extended minutes in a winner go home game. Sure. Right. But like, it's that whole conversation that we always seem to have about like turning on a switch, like, Oh yeah. Like they can turn on a switch. And I just don't really buy it with this Miami team. They're obviously very well coached, but I think Chicago is pretty well coached too. Like, and I, it just seems to be one of those spots where Miami, we continue to just give credit to them because of their past, the coach, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, but like they don't have that much there to me. Like Joe, they don't. Joe, you can yeah. just say they're frauds. I know you <laughs> want to say it. You just say it here, buddy. This is a safe but, space. You can I, just look, say the I heat mean, are frauds here. We're we're calling the Miami Heat. They're more like the Miami lukewarm. So like it's just I don't buy it. <laughs> like I don't buy them. So and five and a half points is just I think that that's crazy uh, yeah. in this spot. So. Uh, the Miami Heat this season is a home favorite, 12, 24, and 2. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. wretched as a home favorite, including, by the way, the season overall, they are 0-3 against the spread versus the Chicago Bulls, straight up and against the spread. Uh, this was a notable number for me when I did the on-offs. Every Bulls player with more than 30 minutes played won their minutes versus the Heat. All of them were in the plus. Do you know... How bad you have to be for Kobe White and the rest of this <laughs> Bulls bench to be a plus against you in all three over the course of three matchups. It's bad. Um, Miami's a low ceiling offensive team and Chicago's strength is their defense. I always worry about the Bulls getting behind. They got behind versus the Raptors in the three point department. That's how the, the Raptors built a 19 point lead before the Bulls clawed back behind um well De demar derozan's daughter just absolutely poisoning <laughs> the opponent from the free throw line that is the daughter of demar derozan and here's the voice you're hearing when raptors shoot she's screaming <laughs> that time it didn't work <laughs> miami's offense is really inconsistent but also notably i look this is one of the things that i was looking up so i, I the other day this is like a week ago, back in the regular season. I wanted to see what the Mavericks had done since the All-Star break, since the trade. It was basically like, a, hey, let's find some more stats about how the Mavericks suck. And I noticed, I was like, let's, oh, wow, they're, you know, they're bottom 10 in defense. No big surprise there. But then I noticed that since the All-Star break, since the trades, Miami has a worse defensive rating than the Mavericks. Like, <laughs> that should have been a much, much bigger red alarm. When I was like fighting off. Uh, Albert Wynn, who wanted to take Atlanta in the our best bets earlier this weekend, I was like, come on, you're not taking the Hawks versus the Heat here, are you? I should have remembered, like, <laughs> the Heat defense has actually been kind of garbage. Um, so now the Bulls, I I will say I'm going a little light here. I'm not going to do a full unit play. And the reason is because I just, it's Chicago. And I feel like Chicago, 
I am a little worried that Chicago's like sucking me in again, that they're suckering me in again with the like, no, no, like we're legit now. We're really trying. No, yeah, no, we're not. We're not going to have an embarrassing loss in a spot where we should win. You can totally trust us. Absolutely. <laughs> and then it's going to be the fourth quarter. And I'm going to be like, oh God, why did I bet the Bulls? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I will say that uh, on top of having Bulls plus five and a half and Thunder plus four and a half, I'm also parlaying the two of these money lines. Uh, Bulls money line plus OKC money line. You can get that at 550 or better in nice. the market. So what could go wrong? What can go wrong? We're all on the same <laughs> sides here. Love the agreement. It should be a good one. Uh, that's Jim Turvey and Joe Delaire. You can check them out on the Buckets podcast throughout the week. They got a futures episode with Brandon Anderson. They'll be in your feed. I, my thanks to Brandon, by the way, for doing that and taking one of the pods off my slate for the week. Uh, the guys will also be with me on every Sunday night. Um, not this week. I have to talk to them about that, actually. But every Sunday night during the playoffs, they'll be with me recapping the weekend and giving best bets for the Monday slate. So make sure to check them out. Follow them. You can follow Joe at Joe Delera. Jim's at Turvy Bets. Also, uh, make sure to follow Jim because uh, we got WNBA coming. And he's a wagon. Uh, A wagon. (laughs) A wagon in WNBA betting. So make sure to check that out. Download the Action Network podcast. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, as always. He did a lot of work this week. David went above and beyond, and I really appreciate all the work that he put in this week. We'll see you guys again on Monday when we get into the recap from the first weekend of games. We'll react to game one to get set for game twos. Keep it tuned here. Give us those five-star reviews. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.